0: However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Father, we thank You for this night, and we thank You for Your Word. And I'm asking right now that You would open Your Word by the power of the Holy Spirit. As I share your word, Holy Spirit, would you make it alive to our hearts? Lord, I have notes written down and I have plans, but would you would You speak what is truly on your heart that you want us to get as individuals, as a community, as churches and ministries? Speak to us what you have on your heart, Father, and make it personal tonight. Lord, as I share scriptures and truths, I pray that you would make it personal to each and every person that is tuning in tonight or listening to the recording. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I, again, just wanted to do a Facebook Live message tonight uh, instead of Friday as will we, we will be closed. And um, this time of year, I, I like to hit on a Christmas theme. And so the last couple of years around this time, what I've been doing is talking about Mary. And we talk a lot about uh, Mary this time of year. We talk about the birth of Christ. We talk about the, you know, the story of Mary and Joseph. But the reason why I want to highlight these two tonight is is because I think it... it It really is important, one, and two, because we often hear somewhat of a sanitized version of the Mary and Joseph story, and we don't really connect, I I think in many ways, we don't connect with how hard it was for these two people in particular to say yes to their God-given interruption (laughs) or assignment for their life and so I'm titling this message the prophetic journey of Mary and Joseph and what a journey that was you know we kind of this time of year we pull out you know Luke chapter 1 or we go to Matthew and we you know we kind of read through the stories and and we should do that every year and we should do it throughout the year but we I think have gotten so used to it that we forget that this these were real people. And God interrupted their life, and it was anything but easy and ordinary. And the thing is, the same God who interrupted Mary and Joseph, he interrupts us. And he sends us on a journey of obedience to Christ that that is important that we say yes to. And so what we're going to see tonight is not only a connection with Mary and Joseph and maybe a, a, a more of an appreciation for them and certainly an, an appreciation for their son, the Son of God, but, but an appreciation for how God leads people in general. And this may be true of our life or people we know, there are ways in which God will send people on a journey that may seem unusual or atypical or be surrounded by mystery or um, unusual events. And we we think, how could, I don't get it, what? And, 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 And so I hope that we, again, appreciate what Mary and Joseph went through, but also we understand that this is how God leads people. And so let's get right into that. Let's, if you have a Bible, turn over to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter two. Nope, nope, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Back that up. Luke chapter one, twenty six. Excuse me. Luke chapter one, twenty six. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. We all know the story. I love the scriptures, though. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice excuse me and will be called the son of the highest and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom of his kingdom there will be no end praise god for that then mary said to the angel how can this be since i do not know a man and the angel answered and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now we fast forward very quickly to Luke chapter 2. We see that uh, Christ uh, is, you know, in the days there was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus that the world would be registered and this took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. I love all the different names, don't know how to pronounce them. So Joseph went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And we know the rest of the story. There's gifts, there's the wise men, the shepherds and gold, frankincense and myrrh and all of that. We get the picture. Wanted to read those scriptures. Always like starting with scripture. But now let's just begin to unpack this a little bit. Let's just begin to imagine... Put yourself in the shoes of Mary and Joseph. You know, you're going about your life. This is 2,000 years ago. You've got hopes and dreams. You know, Mary and Joseph had gotten to know each other. They've become betrothed, which is the equivalent of engaged. And so they have dreams. They have hopes. They want to make a family. They, You know, maybe Joseph has career aspirations, and Mary has things she wants to do with her life. And it was all very typical and normal. Uh, It's fairly certain that Mary and Joseph were, they were likely teenagers. Maybe Joseph was in his early 20s, but it's very likely they were real young. uh, Likely teenagers. Um, And so think of a typical teenage girl, hopes and dreams, wants to have a family. And then angels start showing up. You're going to have a baby that's God's baby. I mean, can you just, can you imagine that? Can you, can you wrap your head? Imagine you're that girl. Imagine you're told, by the way, big interruption to all your hopes and dreams and life you thought you were going to live. You have found favor with God. And so you're going to carry something you're going to carry someone that is God's very Son. And I imagine that first encounter with an angel shocked Mary. You know, the angel's talking about, you know, this this is going to be the person to rule the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. I and mean, this is the big one. This is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, the one everybody wants to come. You're going to raise Him. This is the one whose kingdom will never end. Imagine that. Being told to you, young teenage girl, not even married yet. I just think, wow, what a heavy invitation. And I think the same thing about Joseph. So guys, I mean, girls can kind of relate to the girl side of it with Mary. Guys think of, you know, I personally, if I'm Joseph and My girlfriend that I'm engaged to says to me that she has a miraculous child in her womb. I'm going to start thinking like Joseph thought pretty quick. I'm like, this is not going to work out. I think we're done with this relationship. We know that's the way Joseph was thinking. We know Joseph wanted to respectfully but dutifully end that betrothal. And who wouldn't? He certainly didn't believe Mary, and I don't think anybody else believed Mary. Maybe there was a close relative like Elizabeth, but I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion almost nobody believed Mary. But then an angel shows up and talks to Joseph and kind of gives him the, the what's up. Joseph, I know you're troubled. I know it sounds crazy, but it's real. What Mary has in her womb is the very Son of God. It is a miracle. And I want, you, I want you not to be afraid. I want you to know it's okay to take her in marriage. And so Mary has this encounter with an angel. Joseph has this encounter with an angel. Now they have this prophetic thing happening where they're beginning to realize there's something going on that's way bigger than we've ever dreamed. And I just want us to think about that tonight. There were two young, teenage Jewish, a Jewish boy and a girl, who had to say yes to this, to bring forth into the world the Savior of the world. When God wanted to bring forth the greatest move in the history of the earth, when He wanted to bring forth His very Son, He looked for two people. He looked for a Mary and a Joseph. And I believe tonight that he's still looking for a Mary and a Joseph. He's looking for the kind of people who will say yes to him no matter how difficult, no matter how unusual. They will carry that vision to birth and then they will father it and they will mother it. Imagine, I just try to put myself in their shoes, imagine. You're Mary and you're Joseph, and you go to your your in-laws for Christmas. You know, I'm using that in quotes, obviously. You go to your, you know, you go to the holiday dinner. You go to a a Passover meal in their culture, but let's just, you know, today maybe we'll say we're we're going for Thanksgiving or dinner, and you bring your your betrothed significant other with you, and they oh oh, I, so I guess you're pregnant already. Well, yeah, but it's a miracle. Yeah, right, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> we know how miracles happen. We, we believe that baby sure is special. But So undoubtedly, there was all kinds of close family, neighbors, people in, in and around them that they worked with or saw, and they just thought, this Mary and Joseph, they're a couple characters, I'm sure of that. And so they're telling people, no, it really is a miracle. And here's the thing, no one believed him. I want to assure you, if someone came to you tonight and said, hey, my boyfriend or girlfriend's pregnant, I just want you to know, and it, it, it wasn't us, it was God. No one would believe them, and no one believed them back then. And so there was this difficulty, there was this unusual No one believes us. We're we're certain it's God, but it's weird. And, uh, you know, what do you do with that? they They just were faithful to the Lord. I mean, I just imagine the angel stories. I imagine the dreams. The abnormality of it all. They could have said, I can't go through with this. I can't it's too different it's not what I asked for they could have done they they had a real option they could have said no but they said yes and I just wish more people that no matter what God would speak to them no matter what he would have them to do they would say yes that's my heart for us tonight God is still looking for Mary's and Joseph's let's think of it in these terms I, I touched on it let me say it again we talk about birthing vision. We talk about you know birthing churches or ministries or moves of God or you know things like that. But they literally, Mary had to birth the Son of God. Joseph and Mary had to raise the Son of God. They had to be a not, not just a spiritual father and mother. They had to be a, a father and a mother to the Lord. I mean, I just imagine, in the incredible wisdom of God, instead of sending this conquering military might of a, of a Messiah into the heart of Israel, what does He start with? This little, fragile, screaming baby that no one expected. Because when God starts things, it's never what anyone expects Very few people really understood what God was doing in that generation. It was just a few people who were suddenly interrupted and who said yes. A few shepherds, a few wise men, a few animals. Mary and Joseph were just kind of caught up in this storm. And and that's really a lot of times how God moves. Sure, there's... Hints and there's indications, but really when God moves, He just kind of sneaks up on everybody and says, Are you in? Because it's awesome. It's hard, but it's awesome. And people either say yay or nay. Mary and Joseph, a couple of wise men, a couple of shepherds, a few animals, they're like, Yes, we're in. Are you in? Are you in when God suddenly interrupts things and says let's go are you in even though there was misunderstanding with Mary and Joseph there was likely mischaracterization they were probably they they were probably called things that we can't say in a sermon they had to bear it and if we are going to follow the prophetic journey that God has for us or for our ministries or for our churches, for our families, certainly, certainly it's going to happen to us as well. You know, I look at that word in Luke one twenty eight. the angel says, Mary, you're highly favored. But we know just a few verses later that highly favored comes with another aspect to it. She took the baby Jesus to the temple and Simeon began to prophesy and he says, Mary, I know you're highly favored, but also a sword's going to pierce your soul. We love to hear prophetic words about how we're highly favored, but highly favored also comes with its sword. And so Mary and Joseph had... All sorts of painful moments. Again, misunderstood, mischaracterized, even demonized. People probably broke off relationship with them. They probably thought that they had turned away from their Jewish faith. Certainly these dynamics began to come into play. Will we... Will we follow that same that same path of God inviting us into something because He says, You're highly favored, I'm calling you this direction? Maybe it's to be a missionary. Maybe it's to be a Christian businessman or woman. Maybe it's to be a homemaker or a doctor or wherever God sends you and He gives you favor and He opens doors. But with that comes responsibility and with that comes heartache at times. Because for every highly favored, there's also times and seasons where that sword. And we know that's true of Mary and Joseph. How do we know that's true? Because the same Mary who raised this Jesus saw Him die on that cross. There is no love like a mom's love and I can't even begin to imagine what went through her mind as she saw her oldest son Jesus who is the Son of God crucified for the sins of the world. So yes, there was a sword. But oh, it's worth it. There is so much that I want to share tonight. But for the sake of time, I'm not going to go too much longer. Let me just ask you tonight, friends. Maybe you're watching on Facebook. Maybe you're listening to the recording. Will you let God interrupt your life? Are you willing? Again, Mary and Joseph had lots of thoughts about what family was going to look like. They had lots of thoughts of what marriage was going to look like. And then there was the sudden interruption. It ended up being the most blessed interruption, but it wasn't easy all the time. Are you willing to let God interrupt your life? Seven years ago, God made very clear to me and my wife and family that my season in the corporate world was coming to a close, and that He wanted me to start a prayer ministry. series of events happened that were, in my opinion, quite supernatural. There was a lot of confirmation. I knew it was God. A lot of risk. Still a lot of risk. A lot of glorious days. A lot of really painful days. But at the end of the day when I know in my knower and in the bottom of my heart I'm doing what God asked me to do, there's no peace like that. Are you doing what God wants you to do? It just might be in the coming year, maybe in the coming months, maybe in the coming weeks, maybe a couple years, he says, hey, you've been doing this for a while, now I want you to do this. As I always say, the most spiritual thing you can do is to obey God. It's not about a title. It's not about doing this or that. It's about what does God ask you to do. That might mean he transitions you from one ministry to another. It might mean he takes you from your job in the, uh, in the traditional sense of a, a secular vocation into a ministry vocation, even though everything's ministry, I get that. Maybe He's going to send you from the pastorate or ministry into a different vocation. I tell people all the time, if He tells you to be a missionary on the other side of the world, do that. If He tells you to be an investor on Wall Street and make billions of dollars, do that. Because at the end of the day, when you stand before God, the only thing that's going to matter is, did you do what He asked? Not what people thought. Did you do what He asked? Some people... They were a Sunday school teacher, faithfully. Others, they're going to die a martyr on the mission field. Others, they're going to make billions investing, and they're going to give to the kingdom. Faithfulness, it looks different for everybody. But if God comes calling, can He interrupt your life or not? I urge you to allow Him to do that. Will there be great glory... Yes. Will there be great difficulty? Yes. The more we follow Jesus, the more we take up that cross. Oh, sure, there's suffering. That's all part of it. That's all part of us becoming like Christ. There has to be suffering. That's that's the part of following Jesus where a heart gets uh, ripped open and he can touch deeper places of us. And it makes the season after when the joy comes even more fulfilling? Are you willing to let God interrupt your life? Are you willing to bear the stigma? Are you willing to bear the mark of disgrace? Whatever God calls you to be, there's going to be someone who doesn't understand it. Are you willing to take that on? A lot of people don't understand what I do. Well, what do you mean you do you do prayer like all the time well, what, what are you trying to do are you, are you legalistic are you overdoing it <laughs> there's just so many ways that uh, we're under, misunderstood we, you know what it's just what God called us to do we're not trying to do this we're just trying to be faithful. no matter what you do if God calls you into it there's going to be a group of people who just it, they, they can't wrap their head around it and it bothers them. Are you willing to bear that stigma? Are you willing to wear that mark of disgrace with sweetness in your heart and just keep raising the baby? Keep doing what God asked you to do. I've heard many people tell me all the things they're going to do one day for God. Yeah, one day I'm going to be a missionary. One day I'm going to do this. One day I'm going to do that. And here's the thing, they never get around to it. Because with each passing year, it gets harder and harder to do what God asks you to do back here. You get more and more comfortable. You get more and more set. You get more and more this or that. And it gets harder and harder. I got I got really good advice. If He tells you to do it, jump in. If He's walking on water and he's, you feel like He's calling you out on the water, do it. You might sink like Peter did, but at least you did it. And you show a bunch of other people that it's possible. And so it's so important. I don't care how impossible it is. We just read nothing. This is what the message to Mary was through the mouth of an angel who stands in the presence of God. With God, nothing will be impossible. Wouldn't it be cool... If through your life people saw God do impossible things and so that they began to believe it's possible, I have here a couple of final questions. Are you willing to raise the baby? Are you willing to be a true father or mother? Are you willing to stick around when it's hard? Are you willing to accept the challenge of, I mean, I think of Mary and Joseph, they had to raise Jesus. The story didn't end after Jesus was born and put in a manger. That's what we see, but they had to feed him. They had to, you know, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. and I mean, they had to raise this baby. And we see one little glimpse in Scripture of what happened when he was 12 years old. He stayed behind and, you know, there was that whole mix up there. But Mary and Joseph were all in. And I see a lot of people today in this modern church culture, you know, anything goes wrong. uh, This church isn't right for me. It's been hard for a while. People giving up on one another, giving up on the ministry when it's hard. I don't like that preacher. I don't like those kids today. And there's so much of this people just not sticking with each other. It's a very divisive time. Will you be different? Will you raise the baby? Will you stick around when others don't? Will you be the person to serve even when everybody else isn't, uh, isn't serving? You know, I see a lot of people, they pray for a couple months, but then it gets hard and so they quit. Well, God didn't answer on my timetable. Well, that's not how it works. You just keep praying no matter what. Are we going to be a, a church that gives up on one another, that gives up when it's hard, that moves away when it's, uh, you know, things didn't go my way? We're going to quit on prayer when it's not easy. Revival should have come by now and this and that should have happened and it didn't. And so, so, so you're just giving up? God wants Mary's and Joseph's who will say, I don't care how hard it is. This is what God has given me to birth. And so whoever walks away, that's their business. But as for me and my house, we're going to raise this baby until it's off on its own and and does better without us. We need a generation of fathers and mothers, and it's really not about age but in some ways it is, in some ways it isn't, that can help raise this generation and be responsible for what God has given them to do. Well, this church plan isn't going the way I thought. Don't quit. Well, this prayer meeting hasn't done a whole lot. We've been praying for months and years. Keep praying. Well, these teenagers, these days, keep loving them. Well, my pastor, keep encouraging him and praying for him but you don't know our situation, be faithful. Don't quit. I mean, can you imagine if Mary and Joseph quit? Can you imagine if Mary and Joseph said no? Here's the thing. You don't know how epic what God has called you to birth might be if you quit. You don't know unless you do it. And so do it. Do the very thing God called you to do and raise that thing. Even if it runs away at the age of 12, you go find it and you go find out what happened and then you just keep marching. That's what we do. We need fathers and mothers. We need people who are all in with Jesus and His church and what He's doing and person there are many prophetic journeys that God takes different churches and ministries on. We need people who say yes. I choose to believe there's a prophetic journey over our city, and I'm all into that. There's a prophetic journey over our nation, I'm into that. There's a prophetic journey for our generation, I'm in. Stay involved, don't sneak out the side when things get hard. Get up to the front and serve. Get a few younger people underneath your wing and just tell them everything you know and when you run out, go learn a few more things and then tell them and just, here's the thing, guys. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's be mothers and fathers that help. Are we willing to be atypical like Mary and Joseph? Are we willing to stick with it? Here's the thing births are messy and then there's routine seasons and then there's glorious times and there's crucifying moments it's hard work to raise a baby it's hard work to raise the thing god wants to birth through us but it's worth it man there we've got five kids in my house There are some days where I don't want to change diapers. I want to slip out the side door when things are hectic. But a true father and a mother, we're committed to the end no matter what. We don't quit. We don't give up. We hang in there. We trust God that there's going to be a season of refreshing. We trust God that He's going to fulfill His promises. We trust God that even when it's painful... That he will come and touch us. We have to be these people. Stick around, my friends. Seasons change, seasons change, things change. There are going to be greater and greater needs in the days ahead. We're going to need solid men and women, people who are deep, people who forgive, people who pray, people who aren't bitter, but they're just oozing love. We need these people to shepherd the generation that's going to be coming to the Lord. We have to have depth. We have to have a history of obedience. We can't have a history of compromise and running away when it gets hard because people are going to have to look up to somebody. We need to be these people I think of the, the little kids that come to our prayer meetings regularly, the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. They're going to need solid men and women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s who say, we follow Jesus through the hard times, through the glorious times. We've, done, we've gone for it. It hasn't been easy. We've messed up. We've gotten back on track many times. They're going to need to look up to somebody. So as we go into the celebration of Christmas, you know, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, Eve, and then Christmas Eve, and Christmas, when we wake up on Christmas morning and we think about this precious baby that's born in Bethlehem, think about the journey. Think about the people who carried him to term and raised him. And then let it remind you of your journey. Will you also be a Mary or a Joseph, will you be faithful to bring forth that which is God is birthing in our generation? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I've shared your word. I've read your word and now I just ask, Holy Spirit, do your thing, make it real to our hearts. I pray for those who've tuned in tonight through Facebook or for those who've listened on the recording or on the podcast, I ask that this would provide much inspiration, much encouragement, that it would challenge those who need to be challenged, convict those that need to be convicted, inspire those who need to be inspired to follow their own prophetic journey that you are writing over their life, God. And I pray especially for those who found it especially difficult for many it has been a very exceedingly challenging year i'm asking for you to refresh their heart lord and to remind them that you are a god who exceeds promises you don't you don't lie your promises don't fail you only fulfill and you only exceed God. It's always exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we could have ever asked or think, God. And we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.